does Kern ever stop talking? You're such a chatterbox, Kern. Why does he always have something to say? Kern talks way too much. This is Chatterbox Kern. Hey guys, this is Kern, your host for Chatterbox Kern. You can find me on Instagram at Chatterbox Kern or on Twitter at Kern Thomas, where I will always be talking and the conversation will be flowing. So I'm going to be recapping The Real Housewives of Potomac Season 5, Episode 12. And if you stay till the end, there will be a little bit of the Real Housewives of Orange County talk. So this episode is a little bit different because we don't have Monique. And it's the first episode, I think, since Monique has joined the show in season two that she's not been on physically, but her name kept ringing throughout the entire episode. It just kept being a topic of conversation. This episode is supposed to be Wendy-centric. It was, it was interesting because the cultural aspect that Wendy brought to the episode, I enjoyed. I always enjoy the cultural side of any reality TV show because it gives you an insight into other people's cultures and what they do to celebrate different occasions. I just love that part of it. But I'm going a bit ahead, so let me backtrack a little. The episode opened with Wendy speaking about the invitation list for her daughter's sippancy. I forgot the Nigerian word. But she claimed that the women she is inviting will be women that her daughter could look up to. Role models, if you will. And this was a clear dig at Monique since the last time we saw them, they told her that she's not a role model to her own daughter. And they don't think she is a role model basically to any, any young girl. That's basically what they're intimating. And I was completely shocked that they would say that to someone because of one incident and I find it quite strange that Wendy is being so critical of Monique and being so closed off to even having her own opinion because I don't believe she has an opinion of Monique that isn't Candace's because of how she attacked Ashley in the past out of nowhere no way you can't have an issue with someone out of nowhere like that off the jump. It doesn't make sense, Wendy. Sorry. So her comment about inviting women her daughter could look up to was quite funny. I'm not commenting on Wendy's parenting because Wendy, like all mothers, I would want to say is a good mother. And her kids are beautiful and they seem well-adjusted for their age, right? But... Taking a dig at another mom, it doesn't seem right, Wendy. It really doesn't. And someone of her caliber, the way she speaks of herself, and with good reason, it's it's quite... I just don't like the vibe that I'm getting from Wendy. I really don't. Because inviting women that are on the show to adopt to your daughter sip and see that you say you want your daughter to be like or emulate or whatever it is, and we, we've seen these very women exhibit uncouth, if you will, behavior in the past or rowdy behavior or they've exhibited hood behavior as the word has been thrown out to describe Monique. We've seen that. We've seen it. So it's like what level of hood 
are you talking about, Wendy? That's just my question. Because it just sounds odd to me. That's all. It just sounds odd. That dig was not necessary. It wasn't. And the comment that was made in episode 11 about Monique not being a role model to her daughter, Milani. Come on, girls. You are strong women. You should use your words accurately. Especially women who speak so highly of themselves. You should not be speaking about another mother in that in that way. I don't agree with that at all. Given we've seen, like, we've heard Wendy speak about her own issues with her mother-in-law and her kids don't even know her, her husband's, like, they don't know their grandparents from their father's side. They don't. So it's like, come on, Wendy. Like, what if people should start talking about how you're parenting your daughters, your daughter, sorry, and your kids and them not knowing their grandparents and it's blaming you for it. Like, if that should happen, it would be horrible. And I would not agree with that at all. Just like I'm not agreeing with the dig you guys have been taking at Monique being a mom. It's uncalled for. And it's totally not right. <laughs> Moving on. We see Michael and Ashley in therapy. Finally, Michael is in therapy. But what we didn't expect, at least I didn't expect, was Michael using his childhood to explain away his behavior. Let me, let me say this right. Of course, I am not a psychiatrist. Of course, I am not a doctor of psychiatry or a therapist in any way, shape, or form. But as a viewer watching this, Michael is an older man, right? Michael is an older man. Everyone has trauma, I'm sure of it. Well, at least I think everyone has some kind of trauma in their lives from their childhood, right? And at some point, you either deal with it or you haven't. Maybe Michael has never dealt with it. He just pushed it to the back of his mind. But I'm just like looking at myself like, am I going to be, for example, 70 and saying I didn't have a good relationship with my father, so I'm going to be cheating nonstop or I'm going to be caught in situations that I should not be caught in as a married person? No. I don't get that explanation, Michael. I do understand the part about feeling wanted and needed because... That is something that a lot of people do feel like they need. But it does scream selfishness. That's what it screams to me. It's like you couldn't wait until Ashley was healed to be intimate in that way. Because couples do different things in their bedrooms and that's their business. So there were other things that Ashley could have done. Just saying, Michael, for you to be blaming your childhood as old as you are at this point, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. And like I said, I could be offending people out there who haven't dealt with their stuff. And that's not my aim here. I'm just trying to... I'm just trying to understand why is Michael trying to pin everything on his childhood. Because at some point, you have to take responsibility for your actions. You just have to. And I'm just super proud of Ashley because, like I said before... She is really showing such maturity. She's an adult, as she should, and she's now in her 30s. And I'm just happy that she's explaining to Michael how she felt, 
as well as how it disrespected her and the family. And that is what is important here. And Ashley is simply making him known like, listen, if you do this again, it's over. I really hope she sticks to it. Mind you, right now she's pregnant in real time, which is amazing. So I'm hoping that at least they're in a way better place than what than where they were last October, which is literally last year, one year ago. I'm just happy that even though that some people don't agree with people being forced into therapy, I'm happy she did it. Push him there because sometimes people do need the push, regardless if this is related to his childhood or not. He's addressing the issue. I hope, I really hope Michael gets his act together. You are not 15. You are not 21. You are way older. I'm not even sure how old you are anymore, Michael. But you are an older person. Stop it. Stop embarrassing Ashley and stop embarrassing yourself. Because it is embarrassing. I believe. So yeah, now we're catching up with Karen and Ray. Karen continues to be vulnerable, guys. Like, I am loving this Karen this season. Karen has continued to be vulnerable and open. But like I said before, I just feel like something is holding Ray back. And he admitted to her. He said to her that she has changed. She's not all about him anymore. And I knew it. I said it on Twitter. And I said it before in I said it in the last ep, in the last recap. I said I feel like Ray resents Karen for becoming a real housewife, meaning she's now famous, which she's which he claimed may have gotten to her head. But I don't see that Karen is still the same Karen from season one. She is. She is just now a brand. Hugo. Karen Hugo. But she has never Karen has never let it show or she has never shown anything but love and adoration for Ray. And I need Ray to realize that he has a great wife in Karen. Her being more independent now, it scares him. Because guess what? Ray is of a certain age and so is Karen. Karen is much younger than Ray, I, I think it is. Well, I know she is younger than Ray. But it's like these men, Ray and Michael have a little bit of similarity in this regard. I'm not saying Ray's cheating, guys, so don't even think that. But as it relates to being older men, they're going about things differently. Instead of addressing the issue and speaking about what he wants, Michael is cheating and doing some really weird stuff. Ray is distancing himself from Karen and that's that's not right they need to address the issue you guys feel detached from your wives explain the reason it's not because Karen is getting more famous maybe that is but maybe it's just that Ray feels like listen I'm getting older and Karen is getting more famous and she might find a younger guy who's more her speed because I'm no longer hip <laughs> do we say hip anymore but yeah and I just want Ray to realize, like, listen, Ray, we love you. You are amazing from what we've seen on this show. And Karen has always spoken highly of Ray. And I just need him to figure it out. Because Karen rides for you, Ray. 
she rides for you. And we're supporting you, Karen. We're supporting you because you have never been this open and vulnerable with us. And I really appreciate that. So now we are at Candice. Insert eye roll here. So we see her riding to the courthouse, speaking to her mom about the incident. Again, the incident should not have happened and Candice did not deserve to be dragged. Okay, let's put it out there again. But she's crying, which is fine. She's entitled to her feelings. Everyone is entitled to their feelings. But she's still saying she hasn't a clue why anything happened. And this is, this is where I'm at a loss for words. Like, come on, Candice, you know why it happened. We all know why it happened because of what you said on your own live. We know why it happened. Should it have happened? No. It should not have happened. You did not deserve that. Did you contribute to what happened? Yes, you did. Mind you, it's not an excuse for what happened, but you contributed. And I just can't understand why Candice has still not accepted that she egged the situation on she helped provoke the situation and it's like come on candace come on you need to accept your responsibility you didn't deserve that however money didn't just get up and hit you out of nowhere you were in her face let's be real about it no you're not being real about that part candace it's literally the same playbook since Candace has been on this show. Something happens, she cries about it and makes it an entire thing. I mean, her own mom hit her with a pocketbook last season and she made it an entire thing. She said she went to therapy for that. I mean, I've seen, listen, not everyone has been in a fight, okay? And maybe Candace has never been in a fight. And that's totally okay because no one wants to be in fights. No one wants to be in fights. But it also makes it seem like she she's always been reckless with her mouth. She always does these things and has never been held accountable. We see her going to the courthouse, coming out, then meeting her friend um, from Howard, I think it is, and speaking with him and then she's crying again. And listen, if she says she's waking up in the middle of the night in panic attacks or whatever and she's she has to walk around in her apartment reminding herself that she's okay that she's okay that's that that's what she has to do that's what she has to do you know but it's like come on girl enough with the theatrics really enough with it because it just makes it seem like if her mom wasn't her mom and paying for her stuff or even if her mom was her mom but not paying for her stuff she may have filed charges that's just what i'm seeing here I mean, listen, some people use the court system, some don't. Why did it have to go that far? You know? And her friend asked her if she wants money to go to jail. And she said she told the prosecutor or the DA or whoever it is that she filed the charges to. She told them that she wanted money to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Now, this is where I'm floored. I am floored. Like I said before, Monique was wrong for hitting her, okay? And we've said that time and time again. Monique has also said that. But for Candace to be 
so happy that a mother of three could potentially go to jail? I'm shocked. I am shocked. Yes, Monique is responsible for her own actions and actions have consequences. But this is too much. It really is. Candice wasn't even bleeding. Monique actually bled after the fight because guess what? Candice used a broken glass, hit her in her face, and she kept swinging that same broken glass. So come on now. Come on. What's, what's funny though is that a few weeks ago, or even since the season started, fans were at Monique's throat on the internet. They kept going at her saying she, it's all her fault. She is manipulative and she's conniving and she's this or she's that. But now, no one is literally on Candice's side. Well, let me not say no one. A lot of people are now saying that Candice is using this as some way to make money off of Monique. I don't know. Or that she is relishing in the fact that money could go to jail. And they're not here for that. They're like, you could just deal with this out of the courts. It didn't even have to go that far. So now people are swaying. Now they're swaying. I'm not swaying. I know where I stand. But a lot of people are swaying. Because opinions have changed. People's minds have changed. It's just what it is. I really like seeing Ashley's Uncle Lums. He seems like a good man and we're catching up with him and her as she goes to visit him with Baby Dean. Baby Dean is absolutely one of the cutest babies ever, right? So Uncle Lums tells Ashley that, listen, Michael needs to have more of an interest in his family than his duel. And I agree with Uncle Lums. He always has good advice for Ashley. And Ashley's mom walks in and they're talking and Uncle Lums basically says, listen, Michael needs to face us. I feel like he's been hiding. We're not seeing him. And I need to have a talk with him. Remember, Uncle Lums is like a dad to Ashley. Like he stepped in when Ashley's dad left when she was just a little baby. And she respects him very much. And I think Michael respects Uncle Lums too. So I really want to see what this chat would be like because someone needs to talk to Michael. Someone needs to, like he needs to just be honest, say what's going on, and let's hear from you what's going on, Michael. Uncle Lums wants to, and so do we. So now we are on our way to Wendy's Sip and See for Baby Cameron, the cutest little girl, right? And she gets a notification on her phone that Candace has filed charges against Monique. So now it's blowing up all across Potomac, all across America. We've all seen the posts since last October. So Wendy shows up to her own event late, telling Robin who was there early. I can't believe Robin is actually being on time this season. Something really has changed. Anyways, um, Giselle follows by, then Karen comes in. And the ladies start filing in. But before that, we see Giselle sitting down laughing with Robin about the charges. And Karen is like, if you say it's not funny, why are you laughing? Karen excused herself from the table because she was not going to sit there and have Giselle laugh about the situation, which was completely unfortunate. 
but it just goes to show you the type of person Giselle is. She relishes in people's downfall. She relishes at the thought of anything negative happening to Monique because she just can't stand her. And this is, this was just one of the things that she'll use or she's been using to make Monique look like the worst person. But Monique was not the one sitting at a dinner trying to plan to talk about someone's child. That was you, Giselle. That was you, that was Robin, that was Candice, and that was that was whoever else was there. You know? And again, these women didn't start the rumor, but they were perpetuating it. They were perpetuating it. Yep, they kept it going. And Giselle brought it on the show. Let's not forget, Giselle brought the rumor to the cameras. So yeah, Giselle and Robin were laughing at the charges. And it's just like, come on ladies. There's... A time to be messy and then there's a time not to be messy you know and this was not the time it was not the time and then for her to say this should teach monique a lesson because we don't want her to go to jail but it's like they never thought that their plan because this was a plan at some point as we've heard from candace but what they didn't count on was how much or how far candace was willing to go with a plan just like, just like John Mellencamp's daughter on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Candice goes far. Just like that girl. And this is how far she went, you know? Just like John Mellencamp's daughter, who doesn't stop until she ruins someone, this is what Candice wanted to do. As we saw that when she sat down, smirking and smiling about what, what she did at the courthouse. It was her right to do whatever she wanted to do. But there could have been mediation, which we found out because Monique posted receipts on the internet that Candace, Candace's team turned down mediation. They basically wanted to file a civil suit and in a civil suit, it means the injured party gets money. So was it the money thing? I don't know. I don't know. But if Candace felt like she needed to file charges, that's on her. That's her right. But she could not have expected that Monique was not going to counterfile. Monique had to. Okay? So people out there saying Monique filing also shows that Monique was not remorseful or Monique is not taking accountability. Who amongst us is going to have charges filed against us and not counterfile or do whatever it is that you have to do to get yourself out of it when you know you weren't the only wrong party in the altercation? Come on. Are you just going to have someone file charges against you and you do nothing? Please. So yeah, the sip and see is just beautiful. It's going quite well. It's, it's the music's playing. And when I tell you I was dancing in my seat at work, you know, listening to the, the African music, the Nigerian music to be specific. And I'm just loving the cultural display, as I mentioned. Like, this event was beautiful. I always love seeing the money being thrown on the celebrant. I always love it and I just know that this child is going to be so loved but one thing I didn't really like was the fact that Wendy kept talking about her husband's family like she knows this is not something that just happened she has a son as old as six years old I think so she knows it's been six years that you have had a kid and the parents have never seen them so why does she think that they would want to see the third child now? You know, it's like, when do we get it? The family has issues. 
but to be continuously painting them out to be the worst, saying your husband's mom was probably intimidated by your mom, why couldn't it be the other way around? You know? Why couldn't it be the other way around? There's something there that we're not being told. We're just hearing one side. I always don't like hearing one side. It's like if the other party is not going to speak, don't speak on them. Especially if they did not stand up to be a part of this. You know, like a lot of us wouldn't even ask where your husband's parents were. We probably would not have asked. We may have. We may, we may have not. So it's like, why keep trying to drag these people, Wendy? Stop it. It's not a good look. Just stop. So yeah, they're all sat down, having dinner, talking. And of course, Giselle opens the floor up for conversation, saying, saying she saw what was in the blogs about charges being filed against Monique. And it's like, okay, Giselle, what now? So she mentions to Candice, we don't want her to go to jail. And Candice was like, we don't? We don't? So it's like, you should have seen Giselle and Robin's faces when Candice said, we don't? Because they never expected that. They never expected this to go that far, you know? No one expected the fight and no one expected the fallout after the fight. And no one expected the fallout after the fight, especially a fallout like this. So Ashley jumped in and stating that you both were egging each other on as Ashley did see the beginning of what happened before she went to the bathroom. But she said, like I heard yelling, Candice was like, we were speaking in elevated voices. Okay, however you want to put it, you both were speaking to each other and you were in her face. And she said, get out of my face. And you literally said to her, so what, are you going to drag me? Basically, prompting her or tempting her or doing whatever it is that people do in these situations so it's like Monique gave a warning in some way like get out of my face which she was in the girl's face like let's be real about it you know you didn't deserve to be dragged Candice you did not but you were in the girl's face like come on that's what I'm saying like own the part that you played but she mentioned she and her mom mentioned that the law will do what the law does. And she's just allowing the courts to do what the courts do. And what was, what's funny is knowing that after Monique filed her counter her counter suit or whatever it is, in December when they were supposed to go to court, the charges were dropped. Because for some reason, there was no case. It was a waste of the court's time and resources. You know? So it's like seeing how much... She wanted this to really affect Monique in such a bad way. And for it to not go her way, it's like, it's like there's some kind of, it's not like vindication, but there's something poetic about it. You know, like you really wanted this woman to go to jail. You did. You, you did. Like that was, that was what you were saying. You wanted that to happen and it didn't. So it's like plan backfired, you know. Even her own husband was telling her, like, Candace, just keep it down. Like, let's not do this here. Let's not do it now. Like, leave it alone. It is what it is. But let's not do it. You know, basically telling her, stop talking on camera because you might get yourself in trouble because this will be used. You know, this footage will be used. It probably will be used if we go to court or when we go to court. So, well, what was funny 
was Candace saying no one should be forced to do an apology. But I'm like, she definitely should know that no one should be forced to do an apology. Even though her situation with Ashley was different from her situation with Monique, she took an entire year to apologize to Ashley. And she only did that on camera because she wanted to change her image. I mean, she came off really horribly last season, as I've said before, you know? So it's like, wow, wow. And that's where we are. That is where we are. And in the next, in the preview for our next episode, we see Ashley telling Monique, like, listen, hey, Karen had spoken to Candace and said, if I were you and I feel as distraught as you say you are, I would try, I would file charges. And you could see the shock on Monique's face. And that is where I will leave you guys with the Real Housewives of Potomac Season 5, Episode 12 recap. Changing gears a little bit, now let's talk about the Real Housewives of Orange County Season 15, Episode 1. The season started off with a new housewife, Elizabeth Vargas. She's friends with Kelly and Bronwyn. So she reminds me of Vicky in the early days, so she seems nice. I was hesitant as it relates to liking her, but she's okay. She seems okay so far. And we got caught up with what the other women were doing. Like we saw Emily and Shane having their awkward love dinner, which is typical for Shane and Emily. But it, I've always thought Shane was funny, you know? And I just always felt like he just played with the cameras and he just played up to it. Like we literally saw him look in the camera and awkwardly kiss Emily. Like he knows what he's doing. So that was kind of funny to me, right? Gina has moved in with her new boyfriend and they live in a cute little house with six kids. Six kids. So they're like the Brady Bunch. But I didn't expect like, listen, when Gina joined this cast, the audience hyped her up so much and I never got it. Gina is a completely different person from when she joined this show completely in every way that you could imagine. I'm just shocked, right? We see Shannon, you know, Shannon is introducing us to the new love of her life and they seem fun together, right? This guy, I don't remember his name right now, but he seems cool. He seems to have a good relationship with Shannon's daughters. She has a good relationship with his children and one of them even works for her. So that's kind of cool. It's good to see Shannon smiling again because we didn't really see that when she was married with David. And I just hope they're both happier away from each other. And it does seem so because David literally just got married in real life and has a baby on the way, I think. So everyone's moving on. We see Kelly with her new love also. He kind of looks like Shannon's boyfriend. I think so. I think they have the same nose. I think that's why I think they look alike. <laughs> but yeah, Kelly's just introducing us to the new love of her life. And we got caught up with her daughter. And you know the usual premiere that we just get caught up with the women. And it just seems like a promising season. We see Bronwyn with her we get caught up with Bronwyn and it's revealed she had issues with Emily last season which was completely edited out. Like, 
they were so focused on the Tamara and Kelly drama that they ignored what was going on with Bronwyn and the other women. So apparently, which was a very raw and real moment at the end of the episode, Bronwyn revealed that she is an alcoholic and she's been battling with it. And it's surprising to me because she's been pregnant for 20 years, basically. She's always been pregnant and always raising her kids. So at what point was she drinking, you know? That's kind of scary to think about. And I just wish Bronwyn the best. Like, I just hope she she keeps on the path of sobriety. I really do. I like Bronwyn very much. I like her story. I like the fact that she has so many kids. And when you have so many kids, there's bound to be lots of drama. I hope good drama and not like low-down dirty drama, you know? So yeah, the season started off really well. The ratings weren't so hot. And for reasons I'll talk about now. So... Since the pandemic started, Kelly has been going back and forth between New York and L.A. because her boyfriend, fiancé, works in New York, I think. And she has been posting stuff and people saying she's not taking it seriously. And she's just been getting in a lot of trouble. The usual Kelly stuff. But for now, but now emotions are so heightened that... It seems as though Kelly is making a mockery of the pandemic and is not taking it seriously. So people are outraged. And given the political climate also, especially now, no one has tolerance. They don't. So people have been trying to boycott the show. Like I think Bravo made a mistake choosing the people they did for the pre-screening because everyone who watched the season premiere started bashing it on Twitter. They kept going on and on about how horrible it was and how boring it is and how much they need Vicky and Tamara back. But I'm like, well, I don't mind Vicky. I've always thought Vicky should always be on the show because I like her. I like everything that Vicky has always brought to the show. Vicky has brought family. She's brought love. She's brought death, unfortunately. She's brought everything to the show. Tamara, for me, ran out of juice after she got married. Then she just started making stuff up. But the reason a lot of people seem to not want Kelly around is because of where they say she lies on the political spectrum. But then I'm like, that is literally all of Orange County. So what are you really mad at? Are you just mad that she's speaking out loudly? You know what I mean? But do we even really know where Kelly lies on the political spectrum? Or are we just assuming based on who she's married to and some of the things she has said? Kelly has always been reckless with her mouth. She's always said the first thing that pops up in her mind. She never thinks. And that's good for a housewife, but maybe not in real life It during a pandemic that a lot of people are emotional about. And I get it. I get the emotions are high. But boycotting a show, claiming Kelly is a particular person or she's a particular way because she's more outspoken than the rest, it's it's funny to me because Kelly's views are no different from Vicky's but we want Vicky back I mean I don't mind Vicky I didn't mention politics I didn't mention anyone's views because for some reason I can watch the OC and I don't care I just don't because they've always been about family and it's always good to just be about family so it's like are you boycotting the show because you don't like their views 
that's not the reason, is it? It's just Kelly, right? But then, wouldn't that make her views part of her? So that means you would accept the views as long as as long as it's not from Kelly. That's where I'm at because the Dallas women they are literally the same thing. They just don't talk, and to me, it's worse to not know someone's opinion than to actually know someone's opinion because it means you could literally be laughing in my face and going behind my back with a knife and i'm not trying to paint anyone negatively or in a really awful light but it's like we know where these women politics lie if that's where you want to go we know where the dallas women politics lie we've seen their donations like come on so it's not like you care about politics you just are using it as an excuse to cast out one person. So is it is it really real? Are you really making a, are you really taking a stand? Are you taking a stand against what you think is right or are you just following a wave? Just like I asked when Stasi was canceled, someone said to me earlier in the year when I even brought it up like why are we going so hard on, for example, Max and Brett when Stasi has done so many things? And someone asked me if I'm willing to die on that hill. And I was like, of course I am. I'm willing to die on the hill of what is right. I don't care about what's popular. What is right. So let's be fair about this whole thing. Because if you are going to tune into The Real Housewives of Dallas when it airs later, like later in January or something, then... Why the outrage against Kelly? You're just mad that... Are you just mad that her views are more public? That's just what I want to know. And I'm not trying to, like, school anyone. Because that's ridiculous. But it's just crazy to me. Well, it's not crazier than Kelly speaking the way she has spoken in the past couple of months. Kelly needs to be held accountable. She does. Because words have consequences. Actions have consequences. And Kelly can't just be going about saying the stuff that she has. I like her, but I have to agree to some extent that she needs a muzzle. Like, she really needs to stop and think because it's not like she's a dumb woman. You know, she needs to stop and think about what she's saying because her words can mean something catastrophic for another person. But I really hope you guys give this season a chance because... But if you could watch Ramona and excuse her behavior for as long as you have, I'm just saying, we should just give people a chance. So that was my little bits on The Real Housewives of Orange County. Kelly, behave yourself.